0: Welcome to Wild and Exposed, your number one adventure, nature, and outdoor photography podcast. Wild and Exposed is hosted by Mike Amaro, Ron Hayes, and Jason Lopez. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome to another episode of Wild and Exposed podcast. We've got myself, Ron Hayes, in, in wonderful Wyoming starting to cool off. And I wouldn't say feel like fall yet, but it's definitely heading in the right direction. Uh, Jason Loftus coming to us from Utah. How are things there, Jason?
1: Uh Really good. Really good. Just getting ready for that fall. You know, like you said, the weather's starting to change a little bit, starting to feel a little bit of that nip in the evenings and getting excited for the elk rut coming up. You know, that's my favorite time of year. So yeah, mm-hmm. we're entering, we're entering that amazing time of the Year coming up here, real quick. So, getting excited about that.
0: My crab apple tree, my apples are already gone. They've come and gone already. So, wow. I don't know what kind of indication that is. I haven't checked in with the farmer's almanac yet to see what <laughs> what they tell me about the caterpillars and, yeah. you know, this what part of the world. What color the caterpillars <laughs> are and everything <laughs> <Right>. else. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I am definitely looking forward to it. And the voice you just heard is a return guest. He's probably been one of the busiest guys in photography here over the past year, since our, uh, actually since our last conversation, but Joe Sobolevsky, how are you?
2: Uh, I'm doing good. And first off, I'm really appreciative of you guys having me back. I didn't know, uh, there's so many people out there, but I'm really flattered that you asked me to come on back because I totally enjoy the podcast. Listen to everyone for sure. Get a lot out of them. I'm just flattered.
0: Yeah, we appreciate it. it means a lot. And so let's, first of all, since you're, since you're flying the banner, let's talk about yeah. that Shoot the Light shirt you've got on.
2: Yeah. Um, I guess it's been... Uh, Almost a year and a half since I was on with you guys. And at that time I Mm -hmm. was out, um, had knee replacement surgery and the job I was doing, I was there 17 years. I think I might've told you a little bit about this. I was a supervisor at a quarry and um, had some complications with the knee surgery because the end of my femur was war and they were in no hurry to have me back. They treated me great. Everything else for a year and a half, left the door open and everything else. Um, And I might've mentioned... Originally, anyway, my plan was when I hit that 59 and a half and 60, I was going to take the dive and do the uh, guiding and taking people out full time because I've always been dabbling it. But I wanted that have that safety net to fall back on. Uh, in the meantime, Chaz and I have been talking for a couple years about me coming and joining them, um, which is also another hugely flattering thing to have somebody of uh, his caliber to think enough absolutely um i I, totally humbled (laughs) i'm a very emotional person but totally humble can't tell you how much that means to me Mm -hmm. um so we were talking and all that time and the more i was off the more i got to thinking what am i going to do go back to work and wish i was out here doing this every day and trying to squeeze it in or am i going to be out there doing it and him and i had a lot of conversations back and forth and um offered me a really good opportunity and kind of took the dive into it full time.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, The last, the last six months have really been kind of crazy and off the hook. Um, I was thinking to be two weeks out of the month, three weeks out of the month, but um, just got back. There was one stretch of six weeks where I was only home three days um, and actually not even home three days there was three days between workshops um Mm -hmm. so some of that was travel time and um part of that was helping him out and that part of the reason he asked me um to come on was he wants to slow down a little bit and enjoy time with his grandkids and some other things so i was going to pick up some of those ones that he's done a zillion times and Mm -hmm. and go with it from there but um It's been a month and a half ago or whatever. He was on one. I was actually doing a pony workshop with a group of clients down in Virginia. And he called me up on the phone. He wasn't feeling that good. And we might talk once or twice a week. And um, the very next day, (laughs) because he was like, when are you finished up with that group? He asked that we were on there. And the very next day, I was just getting off the boat um, with the pony group and uh, started talking to him on the phone. And he was headed home. And that's the first time he's ever been that sick that he had to leave a workshop in 25 30 years that he's been doing it so there was no doubt he was definitely sick so he was like hey can you can you get up here tonight or as soon as you can get there you know and like i said he's gave me a heck of attorney i was like whatever you need so um the office of my wife and them i started i had about a three-hour drive home went home changed some clothes, laid down for three or four hours, and the wife went and dropped me off the airport and went from ponies to shooting bears the next day. Um, Mm -hmm. Did some bears there, uh, pelicans. I guess that was a two-week period, and then I had a workshop back down in North Carolina, my first one for bears, so I flew from there down to the Bears in North Carolina, went and did that, and then turned around and went back up for loons, and then back to North mm-hmm. Carolina for Bears, and then <laughs> was home maybe two weeks or something, and then we just returned from the Pantanal with the Jaguars, which, which, which was off the hook. So it's been very, very, very busy.
0: Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Every time, you know, when Jason said he had contacted you every time I've seen a post from you lately, it seems like you're in a different spot. So you can, you can tell you're doing a little Island hopping.
2: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, um, which was good in a way I've kind of learned setting the schedule going forward, which we're just getting ready to do this week. I think about three weeks, from home at a stretch is about my limit Um, Mm. when when it's possible. Do you know what I mean? It's a lot being away from home. And when you have a group out, you don't just um, have that responsibility when you're in the field. You still have, you know, trying to get everybody from one location to the next. If they're having problems with rooms or, you know, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. it's pretty much 24 hours that you're there making sure everybody's, taken care of yeah good safe having a great time you know mm-hmm. so um yeah it, it's been busy and what was one of the things that was strange when i went up chaz we you know, crossed in the air or whatever he left the place um that hotel gave me his same room it was cleaned and everything when i got in there but in two days i was sick as a dog as well Oh really and away from home. So I and um, sometimes you know hotels or even uh, lodges or something, the person who is the guide might not get quite the accommodations that the mm-hmm. rest of the clients get because they're comping some of those rooms. And this we we don't know for sure, but my personal thing is it was kind of uh, by the laundry area towards the back. I have, I have a feeling that maybe there was some mold there we weren't seeing or whatever, cause we both got extremely sick, the exact same thing. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I was, he was around, you know, 10 clients that he had there. I was around 10 in the next group of 10 or eight, whatever it was, nobody ever got sick from us or anything like that. I was doing the COVID test, doing all this just extremely sick. I think it might've been like a mold or something like that. Um, we'll never know, but, um, it wasn't fun for a couple days, put it that way.
0: No, I'd, (laughs) I'd say probably not.
2: Yeah. You you don't, you don't want to, you know, when you're, when you're sick, really sick, you don't feel like being on the road. You want to be home.
1: That's a fact. I can speak to that firsthand. (laughs) I'm sure you can. I was going to (laughs) say. Yeah. Yeah. Jason had that
0: happen last year on the bear
1: trip. Oh good.
2: man, my heart was breaking when I was listening to that.
0: I knew you were looking forward <laughs> to it.
1: And, yeah. yeah, I'll get I'll I get had, payback this next year. So
0: I had <laughs> awesome. uh, mixed emotions because I wasn't there anyway.
1: So
2: wrong. I always could
1: count on <laughs> you to be honest, at least. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's
1: always what good to guy. have buddies,
2: but, right? But uh, yeah, there you go there you go but (laughs) but that has been a huge change um making that jump and i know there's a lot of people that you know we shoot and you think you want to do it full time this or that or whatever um and i knew that was the overall plan and if something happened i was going to do it full time but to leave a good job um where you're comfortable and have a great crew and that's one thing I do miss about my job. I had a great group of guys that worked under me. I do miss mm-hmm. the camaraderie of that. It it was um not an easy decision to walk away, you know, it's you're twisted twisted apart a little bit on it, but it was the right decision. I can say that for sure now. Yeah. Definitely.
1: So you're so you're enjoying it. Um is it everything you thought it was going to be? Um Well, I had got bits and pieces of it because I
2: would take groups, you know, groups out and it might be something at the end of the year that you had had four small groups out or something like that. Or I'll have 10 people through a season of Wood Ducks or something like that. But, um, I guess that biggest commitment is having the larger group of people, um, whether it's six people, eight people or whatever. And no matter how good it is, one thing that I'm dealing with and they say to let it go, I I always want to give them more. You know what I mean? I always want to give them more, but, um, it's just a natural thing, I guess. Um, you know, and people see your pictures and you know it, you know, they're seeing the cream of the crop. They don't understand, mm-hmm. you know, that, um, that was all done in five days out of 60 days, you might've been out there, right?
0: right. Um, or and, sometimes and, five hours in 60 days that you were out there. Yeah,
2: yeah, I, I, absolutely. And, and that was one of um, the other decisions when I was weighing things out. Um, Chaz has uh, a really good clientele.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: that's one thing I am amazed at is the people who do like the international travel and the other things, how small that group really is kind of, there's a, the majority of them know everybody, you know, they know each other. Uh, When I went up um, to the bears, when he got sick, I walked in and there was two people there that they were like, Hey, Joe. And I hadn't seen him in 12 years when I was helping somebody else, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, It's a very small group of people. So that, that, kind of puts the pressure not i shouldn't say puts the pressure on even more but um you got to do right by everybody everything you possibly can do because if you don't everybody's going to know that you know
3: mm-hmm. right it's right. It
2: is what is what i'm saying you know you, you hear rumors about different people whatever and i'm not getting into any of that but uh the majority of the people that are doing those type trips they have a connection and they know people so unless you treat everybody right everybody's going to know Mm-hmm. You know, no matter yeah. what.
0: Yeah. Word travels pretty fast. I mean, we've, we've found that out just with the audience and the podcast. It's, you know, we hit a certain level and then it doesn't really grow a lot just because mm-hmm. as many people as we see out photographing the hardcore people like us, or that can relate to us, it's, it's a little bit smaller community, a little bit smaller pool, but it's a very Absolutely. focused pool and absolutely. So you get it, you get in touch with those people. So we just put together a, uh, a polar bear trip. Okay. And I'll be completely awesome. honest with you. We didn't even release it and it was full. Okay.
1: There you um, go.
0: Because you've got that community and one person hears about it. And then they talk to somebody else and they talk to somebody else. And before you know it, I got, Money coming from everywhere, and I'm like, okay, hold on, we're 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 full.
2: Yeah, yeah, so, that that's absolutely absolutely correct, and um, absolutely correct. And that, that's one of the things now with just the Pantanel thing, I guess. um I've already got people, you know, not, not hounding's not the right word, but are almost shooting me messages mm-hmm. every day. So what are next year's date? When are you go whatever, and it's only a, it's hard to get slots if you want to do the accommodations right and everything else it it is there's a lot of planning goes into it to make sure everything happens right and uh it's one of the other things Chaz and i had talked about over the years like i i was kind of surprised how willing he was to help people and help me even before Mm -hmm. i came to him with uh getting the word out about having trips or something like that and he's like i can only take so many people joe you know what I mean? I don't need the whole world. It doesn't. It's not a cutthroat business. There's no need for it to be. Mm-hmm. There's more demand for quality experiences than there is opportunities, which which is awesome. You know, when you want to look at it that way.
0: When I think if you, yeah, you look at the reputation Chaz has built. At when you get right down to it, he's a great photographer, but he's a he's a better educator, in yeah. my opinion as good a photographer as he is, he's a better educator. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I think that is what keeps bringing people back because you just, you know, I've only been on one and it was his technical series down in Florida. But I learned so much, even having a little bit of time behind me, learned a ton on that trip. And I think that's what keeps people wanting for more. And so Uh, let's uh, uh, go ahead. ahead.
2: No, I was going to say, I can tell you, him and I have got to spend a good bit of time together, even away from the groups, not when we're like teamed up doing it. And it's like when you get kind of your best friend and you push each other, do you know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. you might think, you know a lot, but like him and I are out there shooting and we're, we're pushing each other, trying to make mistakes. If you want to call it mistakes to find things out, find the limits of things, how this is supposed to work. There's no end to it. And, And he is, he's got the, he's got, the click for that. You know, he's very good at explaining things and all that, but.
0: Mm -hmm. And that's the way you know, the same way when we get the opportunity to go out together, it's the same. You you know, I know exactly what you mean. You go out with your buddy and it's, you're right next to each other. So how do I make my shot a little bit better? Or how do I, you know, how do I perfect this or make it different than what everybody else is going to get out of the same situation? That's kind of a fun, it's a, it's a fun what would you say attitude to go into a shoot with is you know it's not competitive but how can right. how can we do yeah, something competitive a is bit not different? the
2: word. but like you say if, if you can get that group out there and get that whole group having that fun and mm-hmm. pushing each other and having a great time and making memories i mean what and you're in beautiful locations right how can you not want to
0: and sp- yeah. speaking of and jason you can shut me up anytime i've rattled You're several good. questions off but speaking of be- beautiful locations talk to us about how it was being in the pot now for the first time
2: um it definitely exceeded my expectations um i had talked to quite a few people and this trip was the uh, the group i took down was one i actually had arranged before i got hooked up with doing more with chaz but it got pushed off from COVID and pushed back and pushed back. Um, but I kind of, I don't know if horror stories are the right way, but I had this preconceived notion of because I heard so many stories about um, being at a Jaguar sighting and having 30 boats and they're sitting there and the fumes overcoming you and just the chaos of it. I had heard from that to places not being clean being on the few flotellas there are, which are the big ships that are on the river, the rooms being very small and not the cleanest thing and the food just being passable by and all that. And that's not at all what we experienced. Um, and a couple of people that have hit me up interested in it, I said, from what I've seen in different places, apparently it's one of the opportunities that has gotten better with time. Um, mm-hmm. The most boats we've seen at any sighting was a dozen. And the majority of the time, um, there was from six to eight boats. Sometimes we just got there and there was us and one other boat for a little while and you got your shots and moved on. It was not nothing like what I expected and what I had heard about, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So apparently that's changed a little bit, um, but we did put a lot of work and effort into trying and make it as a quality experience as we could too. So whether we were in a little, um, as far as the flotellas, I know we were staying in the nicest one of them. And that's one of the things setting up the trip. Now it's like, you got to jump on dates and there's only so many rooms and I'd, I, I, I'm not interested in just taking people there to take them there. I want to make sure they have a great time. Um, but, um, it just it's i think you i i don't know if you read it on one of my posts but um the people that we had out several times we heard the comment this is like floating into the jungle book the little children's book and that's what it feels like going Mm. up those smaller rivers with the trees overhanging and there's a cat in a tree you know or the caiman and all the bird life it was um definitely beautiful there was I can't think of um, one disappointment to it. I can tell you the trans Pantanal Highway that you drive in there in is the bumpiest road you've ever been on in your life. <laughs> That's not fun. <laughs> um, we're out yeah, a couple
1: of kidneys. <laughs>
2: oh, my God. I was like, I'm just going to throw my camera away when we get down here. I couldn't believe it. But <laughs> apparently the first driver we had was in a little bit of a rush. But, um I think it takes about three hours, three and a half hours to go from one end to the other. And I don't know if you've seen, I'm sure you've seen some of the pictures of the bridges you're crossing and all that
3: mm-hmm.
2: with the wooden planks and all that. They're not all like that. Not all hundred of them, but there's several like that. But uh, <laughs> if you, if the bridge does happen to fall, you're only going to go 15 feet. You're not going to die. But um
0: that's encouraging. You're not yes, going to die.
2: That's a, you, yeah. you, You're I not going to die. You're going to have a great story. You're <laughs> yeah. not going
0: to die. You're not going to die from the fall, but.
2: Yeah. We'll in see what's Cayman, in the. Most of what's in the water?
0: Enough. Right.
2: Uh, most of the Cayman are small enough. I don't think that they got other stuff to eat.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I was thinking more of the stuff that's going to crawl inside of you and make a living for a while. Oh <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, that's true. That's true.
2: But uh, it it was a a really neat experience uh, staying on the flotellas on the river. Um, We were closest to the the main area where the jaguars were, which was another benefit. Um, We got up and we're right there at them, you know, and you're kind of paying for that premium. But I think it's worth it rather than having another hour ride into there each day coming Mm -hmm. and gone. You're the first one in, you know, kind of the last one out if you choose the same with in the afternoon because it does it, it does get hot we only had one day you know one day when we had any type of cloud cover at all so um and a lot of times the cats seem to be the most active from eight thirty to 2 in the afternoon or whatever when it was really hot really so you would take you would go out uh typically in the morning we were on the water at six o'clock and we would go out and shoot till 11 o'clock or so, head back in for grab a quick lunch and have an hour. And then we were back out for the afternoon again. So being that close to the location was a huge advantage, even if it cost you a little more, definitely something to look into. Um, Hmm. But um, seen seen several other, trying to think um andy rouse steve winters seen guys that work you've seen over the years a lot of them are down there shooting and um Mm. like i said um beautiful place definitely going back no disappointments other than the bumpy road um (laughs) I don't know. It it was just, you know, and and right now it's still fresh. And you know how that is when you return from somewhere, it can be overwhelming. But uh, really happy that it went as as good as it did. I've got a ton of pictures, um, haven't even started to go through all of them. Um, My wife got to go along on this one because she she teaches ornithology. So she wanted to go for the birds. she had, and she added some, that added some to the trip, pointing them out to the other people, telling the stuff. So that part was really, really good. Really good.
0: Sounds <laughs> fantastic.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You eat, you eat a lot of fish because you you're bet. staying on the river and uh, they do have good have good beef
0: <laughs> yeah. in Brazil. So uh, yes, they do. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> what about... Uh, other wildlife did you guys I imagine with that with that density of jaguars and probably not but um as far as you know like the giant river otters or you yeah, know, other opportunities we, we, down there
2: absolutely uh I got some good photos of the river otters you kind of learn where you know the lo- the local guide that I you know employed We know where the location of the den is, but you caught them out on the river every day. We did happen to come across them one evening when they were slipping up the bank into their den, which I thought was Mm -hmm. really neat to see that. Um, And did see, I think I posted a picture already of a young one kind of interacting with an adult. Um, They're ferocious eaters. Mm -hmm. I expected them. They're big, but I, I think I expect them to be a little bigger than they were
0: given the name (laughs) yeah
2: yeah. given the name but uh, they're the biggest otter you
3: know
0: Mm -hmm. there's
2: no doubt about that um i kind of employed i don't know if you've seen some of the loon shots we were putting up that lower angle i tried to employ some of that with the river otters getting down low on that water over the edge Mm -hmm. of the boat um which worked out fine um but the river otters a ton of birds as far as um we also, mammals, we did get an ocelot, but that's not on the river. That's at one of the lodges. And it's a location where they actually have been, they have like a blind set up, and
1: mm-hmm. they had
2: been putting stuff out for the, for years they've been doing it, the locals to try to get it. But that's about the only place, unless you happen to win the lottery twice, that you're going to see an ocelot walking <laughs> around, you know, Crazy. if you want a picture,
0: um, And have you posted any of that on your feed?
2: Uh, I put up one ocelot picture, yeah. But I still have a lot to go through with that. Mm -hmm. Um, A ton of birds. Um, When we were actually done on the river, we took a side scouting trip to a different area that you don't really see about called the Atlantic Forest, which was, I don't know, about a four-hour ride once we flew back to Sao Paulo up in the rainforest area and there, there was a ton more birds, some snakes, uh, some, uh, I guess, snakes that weren't uh, the nicest snakes, because I did, uh, in my one story, I did put up a picture, there were some guys there from another country where they have Cobras and everything else. Well, these guys were walking around in flip flops most of the time through the jungle. And then the one day that they were going to take a walk through the rainforest part, uh, they were actually putting on leather snake chaps over top of their sandals, something I hadn't seen before. And I got a little chuckle out of. So there is some bad snakes down there uh, in that Atlantic forest. but there's not that many mammals. It's a—it's the jaguars pretty much keep everything in check.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, you see some smaller stuff, but not a whole lot. But more All than right. enough bird life to go around with the oh, kingfishers sure.
0: yeah.
2: and the hawks. Um, no, no end. I think we've seen, I guess, three different owl species. That we photographed not that we were purposely looking for him, but uh, we did get.
0: I'm surprised honestly with because it's a pretty dense, densely populated jaguar area, um, where you're at. So I'm surprised you know cats like the ocelot even venture in there.
3: Yeah,
2: well, they, you, they actually you said they it was were. a different
0: area. Okay, it
2: was a different area. And the first night we had got there, a, they had got a jaguar on a trail cam in that area and where the ocelots were almost an every night thing coming to that area, it shut, it shut them down for like four days. There was no ocelot seen. So yeah, they don't play around.
1: Sounds like an amazing trip.
2: It, it is. And it's got, um, what's neat is you're doing it all by boat. It's a huge landmass. I mean, it's the largest wetland in the world In Europe, going through it with a boat. I mean, you're not going to go on the land and walk around when you get off for for a potty break, you know what I mean? Like with my wife, I would go off, make, you know, make some noise, let the animals move away. You know what I'm saying? And then you go in, do your business and you're back on the boat. You wouldn't want to be out there walking around in the dark, I don't think. Right. Those kitties look nice and tame when they're sitting up in a tree, but uh, we would be an easy (laughs) meal for them, I'm sure. Yeah and 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 shooting from the boat that was something that was that can be a challenge and that's that's fun too. You know, you're whether you're standing up kind of on a platform it's got movement everybody's getting excited because the cats there, you know, so you kind of got to think what you're doing and that's what I was doing with the group, you know, make sure you got enough shutter speed here. Let's try to do this move around. After that first day, let's get back Look at the pictures because I can tell you um, some people I've been with just want to up, you know, put a card away, not look at the pictures or whatever. But myself personally, I want to make sure for that circumstance that I am using enough shutter speed. And one of the things I can tell you that the mistake that I made at the very beginning, as big as those cats were and the camouflage they got, it's very easy to overlook their tail. And that adds so much to the photo. So you really got to make sure that you give enough room to include that. If not, you're going to be mad at yourself later when you got all these beautiful pictures and, you know, a bobcat instead of having a nice long tail (laughs) making that curve. (laughs) Yeah, you know. Yeah, Yeah. So um, that's one little thing. It's definitely worthwhile looking at your pictures after you're done shooting for the day and see what you can do differently. Make sure you're doing everything right. Yeah, that was, that was a good lesson we all learned there.
1: So so you just brought up something that, you know, uh, we just did the catch-up episode in my trip to Africa and yeah. talked about the gear list, right? I mean, a gear list for a trip like this is something that really, for any kind of photographer, really drives a guy crazy or a gal crazy, right? Just trying to figure out what's the right thing to take. Um, with your experience, what, what did you get? I, I think I have a suspicion of what might be the right call, but... You know, again, if somebody's focused on birds and they want to do the birds thing too, that complicates it even more. So what does what that gear list look like? I can tell you I brought more than I needed,
2: but uh, what I needed was the 600, where if you had a 400, 2.8, one or the other. But I would say 60-40, I was shooting the 1 to 500 or the 600. And hmm. even though I like wide environmental pictures, I think, um, I don't think I really shot anything with my 24-105. I did take um, the Canon 100 2.8 macro lens because I thought it might have some macro hmm. opportunities. And also the ocelot opportunity is very close. And if you look at the pictures, if you go back and look at the one I posted, or I'll post some ones later on. I shot all those with hundred millimeters.
3: Mm-hmm. The cat's
2: close enough to you that I could use the 2.8 and get the light. But um, other than that, that's all you really needed. I did throw on. I did throw on the 1.4 extender maybe three or four times and in that case it was uh we came across some bands of um yeah some other round, some troops of monkeys up in the trees that oh, were farther yeah. off and i had some opportunities that i threw the extender on and got some pictures of that but the majority of the time i was 40 percent of the time i was shooting a bear 600 and the 60 percent of the time i was shooting the one to five um i i hmm. I love that one to five. I I know I shouldn't at 7.1 and we use the heck out of it with the loons this year. Even if you got some control where you can get the distance to your background and you got enough light. I love that lens for that versatility of being able to zoom. I do.
0: Okay. So I'm glad you brought that up a second time. That's the second time you've talked about the loons. And I want you to explain to people. Okay what you guys were what you guys were doing to get those low angle shots because it was it was funny to watch yeah Um, (laughs) Yeah. and but it's a it's a good idea
3: yeah
2: well that's another one of those things where him and i were pushing each other do you know what i mean to try to get something different um have the pontoon boat that's all stripped down and normally you're over the side just leaning over the side Well, by the end of day one, you can't lift your neck up anymore because the muscles Mm -hmm. are gone. Um, I had not been up to the loons in like two years or three years. I guess three years. So now with that flip screen that nobody liked to begin with, the eye tracking, we got shots that weren't possible before.
0: So I was was telling these guys that when I – I went up to Minnesota, did the loons and I was telling these guys that it felt like lazy photography. And this is one of the reasons because I, you, you know, I've got bone spurs from getting in wrecks and playing football and all that good stuff in my neck. So like you said, you're, you're done after, you know, one morning shoot and maybe an afternoon shoot, but that, that flip screen, it's like, you just lay there. It's like, you're looking at your cell phone. You just, lay there and move the camera around on a sandbag or on a, on a gimbal. Right. <laughs> you know, right. one well, of those what we would, ground pods. What we
2: would do is lean over that boat is how this started. Um, Put on the one to 500 or whatever, and started leaning over the boat. And the way to do it is to grab, I don't know if I I happen to have a camera here. Not that you guys asked me this, but there just does happen to be one laying here. But one way to do it without that cushion is not holding it typically. You want to put your hand underneath here Mm -hmm. and use the shutter with your thumb and go right down to the water. And you can feel the water on the back of your hand before you get the camera dipping in. But Chaz is like, you're nuts. He goes, let's try this foam. So we put he put the foam down and he's like, it works. I'm like, what? He goes grab it try it and it it absolutely works fantastic it was enough foam to float it with the one to 500 on there. screen flipped up the eye tracking we just stayed enough away so we had a distant background and you got i'm not trying to sound bragged or anything it's just you got a different perspective than i'd ever seen before the loon pictures Mm -hmm. of quality loon pictures you know just had not seen it from that angle and that perspective with them up in your face, a hundred millimeters, you know what I mean? At the 7.1, when they're in sharp focus throughout beautiful stuff. Um, it worked fantastic. Yeah, and it was
0: fun to watch and to see the, the end product. That's,
2: yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've got a ton of them to go through yet. I mean, that was,
1: mm-hmm.
2: that was two weeks of shooting up there. Um
1: so so you guys are already gonna take domes back next year, right? So you gotta push it even further (laughs) You never know. (laughs) You never know.
2: But but that's that's part of that fun I'm talking about. That if you're out with yourself, you might have not pushed it to that extreme. Right. Right. You know? That's a great great example, yeah. It's awesome. It's awesome to have that fun.
1: Absolutely. So yeah, it was fun watching your stories, like Ron said, and seeing the, the challenges you guys were going through to do it and and then yeah. the, like Ron said to see the end result, you're just like, oh wow, that's yeah. yeah. Money. Yep.
2: But but and, but just a couple see, years ago, it wasn't possible. That eye tracking wasn't there, that flip screen wasn't there. Yep. It wasn't possible.
0: Right. So Yeah, my I was thinking about doing it at one point because I wanted to get some low angle video and um, I was just going to hold the, uh, I was going to hold the the foot on the 600 and just lean it over the edge. And that was, yeah. that was my solution. And I, I think I've got it figured out now where you could, you could make an arm that's got um, like a gimbal Arca Swiss, you know, locking mechanism on it and lower it down and kind of lock it in place, but you're still going to have that movement in the boat and where you guys, you know, going on the cushion, I think is definitely the answer because you, you know, if anything, it, if there's water movement, it just helps you out because it gives that little bit of blur in the foreground, add some, some depth to your shot. And then you've got, you know, the bokeh in the background as well. I think if anything that helps you versus being a hindrance with, you know, with that 600, if there's any water movement at all, you're going to end up with it in your lens hood.
2: Right, right. I, I, and I did put my 600 over, you know, before, and we tried all that. And I've shot from uh, a floating blind with some ducks trying that kind of stuff. But um, that, what we figured out that last time has worked the best by far. Gave some mm-hmm. unique stuff that I'm sure we'll be seeing more of, different people. I, I know if I've seen somebody doing it, I'd try it because it, it oh works. heck yeah
0: yeah I and mean, there's you think about it there's so many opportunities think about you know getting a moose in the water oh. and being able to you know get that low perspective without having to well, stick a, stab I, I, a tripod in the in the bottom
2: i, I actually just on this trip to the Pantanal, i just i just posted one picture not too long ago we had a jaguar swimming across the river and the river's not quite like the lake with the loons, but I did the same thing. Like I showed you, I took the one to five, flipped my hand underneath of that thing. I had, I was over the side of the boat as much as I could get down there. And then a couple people, you know, not a couple, one person asked me, he's like, were you in the water when you shot that? He goes, you're right down with that water in the foreground and all that. I said, no, that's actually from the boat from, you know, respectable distance. So mm-hmm. it's another tool to put up in your head to use. Right. There's different circumstances. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep.
1: Huh. So, what other what other highlights do you have to to point out? I mean, from the maybe not just the loons or the you know the pantanal, but were there other workshops that were highlights for you this season? Um,
2: uh, one um, the pelicans were cool to shoot. The white pelicans, uh, they were cool to shoot one of the neatest things happened, um, last fall, I was helping him, uh, Chaz with the workshop down in North Carolina, and we had two of them and the day in between, that's when he had just got an R3. They really weren't even out yet. And so I got a chance to play with that, you know, before it came out and all this other stuff. But, um, yeah, we had a day between the workshops and, um, he had something to do that day and i'm i'm staying down at his place i can't sleep in so i'm gonna head out the next morning anyway and scout for the next group coming in and i got to take one of those r3s and go out and um seen a bull elk kill a cow which is something
1: oh, was that that day
2: that was that day that was like the first one of the first things I ever shot with an r3 oh that's crazy yeah, wow. yeah and and um you know, without him, I wouldn't have that opportunity. Right. But, um, right. and, and that's when I seen how crazy freaky the eye tracking is with that thing. Um, uh, when I had got, when I would got down his house, he had just got it, um, from Canon or whatever. He's like, check this thing out, how it follows your eye we're in the house and you could look at an electrical cord and go down and he goes, you know, you go ahead and try it. I think it might work a little better for someone who doesn't wear glasses, I think maybe, but there's a trick to that that I've learned too, to setting it up Mm -hmm. um, to help some other people. But um, so I had that camera, had that day off, go out there, got there before it got light. The bulls are bugling, you know what I mean? Nice foggy morning and everything, some frost on there. I could hear them actually fighting before I could see. So um, once it got light, I did see the bulls moving around. There was two different harems there. And I think three good bulls and a couple little ones off to the side. These two were gone at it. And um, the lake wasn't quite there yet while them fighting. I took some pictures and all that was cool. The stuff flying and everything. But a cow was over here feeding, not paying attention. The one bull had just got gored in the eye. He come over towards the cow and tried to mount her. And she just kind of like went forward and I don't think she was even expecting it. She kind of stumbled and he just hit her and knocked her on her back. She was on her back with the legs up in the air and he just started goring her like the fastest, craziest thing that you could imagine. Um, and I think I took, you know, it's, it's, it happens. It's, it's part of nature. You know, you know, it's still sad when you see anything die. I mean, if you're any, got any kinds of emotions, the good thing was one of her, his times just pierced her heart. She got her feet back over under ran off 20 yards and basically went to sleep. You know, she bled out. Um, right. You know, she right. wasn't in any pain, anything like that, but I couldn't believe what i had just seen. Um, And I think I shot, like 170 pictures in that sequence and that was the first real action action i'd shot with that r3 Mm -hmm. with my r5 which i love to death i'm sure i would have had 90 some pictures that everyone would have been sharp and cool pictures with that r3 with it following my eye where i was looking every single frame of 170 some pictures or whatever it was were tack sharp and on the money. It was incredible. You know, uh, there would have been no, <laughs> you right, wouldn't have been right. moving a focus point or doing anything like that. It was right. another which, issue which, of how far the cameras have come.
1: Right. Well, no, and I'm sorry. I didn't mean to step on you there, Joel, no. but yeah, I mean, that's incredible. It's a great advertisement <laughs> I guess for the R3 because did not even have to think about it when a situation goes down that quickly, and you, you, you know, in that moment, you're just like, "Oh crap! I just need to get there." And you start cutting off body parts. You start cut. I mean, you you may miss the eye because you, you're just in a frantic situation where you're just trying to capture the situation. Where that, all you had to do is hold it there and watch what's going on, and you can don't have to worry about composing or anything. That's incredible. Yeah.
2: Wow. And, and and I didn't know that it would work that well, so I wasn't even thinking that. I'm doing exactly what you're saying. Only right. thing I was doing. Was keeping the hammer down, and I'm keeping it framed. No, no, <laughs> right. honestly. Right, right, so I right. I no, to be I get at the it. right place at right time, hammer down, and I'm keeping it framed, and the camera did its thing, and I was blown away.
1: That's incredible.
2: Huh. Th- that said, yeah. I don't have one in my camera bag because I like the R5 better for different reasons. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, the way that well, eye tracking can... works.
1: You can't just – we just can't go over that, walk away from that. We've got to maybe touch a little bit on why that might That's... be. Cause I think people are, there's lots of people, right. That are interested in that R3 and or the R5. And mm-hmm. you know, what, what is, what is the big difference for you on the, the two of those bodies?
2: Um, I can tell you if, if all I shot was big game or big game in low light, you know, definitely all full frame stuff. I would have an R3. I just, once you have that detail of that R5, it's hard to go backwards. I, I do a lot of bird photography and mm-hmm. being able to crop that. I know people are going to say 20 megapixels is enough. It, it is enough, but um, I'm a detail freak. And if I never had it, I would have never missed it. But now that I've got it, I can't go backwards and right. give up that detail. That's, you know, for me personally, sure. That, that that's that's the only reason. Um, the focus of that R five of the R three, I'm sorry, how it tracks your eye is amazing. Like if you're looking at an elk, and you just paint that rack and move your fingers out those tines, you see that focus point. Paint that rack just as you're looking. It's magic. Wow. You know, <laughs> it, it's magic but uh-huh. um but it, but it wasn't in my mind it wasn't designed for wildlife anyway it was designed for the sports guys shooting the stuff uploading it whether it's the nfl guys uh i have a good friend that shoots for getty and even though um they say they're all sony shooters and i remember reading they'd signed some contract that guy shoots canon all the time and all that and the r3 that's what it was made for
0: yeah. you know
2: what the R1 what, will be, who knows, you know. The people that oh, know aren't saying. Come on,
0: you're hanging out with Chaz, so you've got I, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's um, probably he's probably sworn to secrecy.
2: He is. Like I said, the, know, the people that know but, can't say. Yeah. Right. And that's understandable.
0: Jason and I were just having this conversation and what you know, one of the things one of the reasons that I'm waiting and the I went with the R6 as a second body because it's got the smaller sensor. So it's, you know, smaller sensor, bigger pixels. It's better for low light astro, that kind of thing. So that's why I picked that one up. And the, the reason that I'm waiting to see what the R1 is going to be, even to get a, you know, an announcement, a development announcement that has some more reliable specs than what everybody's just kind of guessing on is because, The R1 or the One series typically has two processors in it. So even the R3, it's got it's it's still only got one DIGIT 10 processor. And I think that given the power that those two processors are going to provide, you know, you look at all the improvement that the the big jump that came from even the 1DX Mark III to the R5, and then to the R3 which, you know, you've got the stack sensor, you've got the eye control autofocus. I think those will be carried over. What size the sensor is, I don't know. I don't even want to speculate because everybody's everybody's throwing guesses out there, but that's all it is right. really. Right. And then, right. so you look at those advancements and then you put an additional processor on top of it. And then I think, you know, Jason and I were talking for video, the only, the only problem is, with the r5 or the r3 for video is that it doesn't have pre-record and i think you put two processors in it now you have the capability it's got to be there processor wise to have a little bit even if it's just four seconds of pre-record it's got to be there you're catching what you miss so i think if that's there then there is no reason to have a video anymore yeah you know to have a Unless you're making movies.
2: They put that pre-roll in the R7, so how's it not going to be in that R1? Well,
0: they did for stills. Is it there for video as well?
2: No, no, no. But I know what you're saying, like the red where the continues. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I I follow you. But I can't imagine it won't have it.
0: But it's in the C70, so they've got it in a smaller body, so they can do it. Yep,
2: yep. Yep. That's one of the... um, other thing that's fun doing all the workshops I've shot every camera out there now, different ones, mm-hmm. sometimes whether I wanted to or not, some people were having camera problems and I gave them my camera and grabbed theirs. And, um, one of the, one of the things at first, cause people were saying, you know, Hey, I seen you had a couple of pictures where you're shooting a Z nine or something like this. Sure. I want to try it all, you know, and, and know how it works and everything. Um, But the thing is, when you pick up somebody else's camera and it just came out, you don't know how dapped they are and if it's set up correctly either. So it's kind of it can be unfair to judge, especially I want to always judge things for birds and flight, because to me, that's one of the most taxing and difficult things for the autofocus systems. Um, And there was a big difference. I shot one guy's Z nine that he had just got and then. A different guy had just been on a workshop with Alan Murphy, who is a Nikon guy. He had set the guy's camera up. There was a difference between the two of them, for sure. Mm. But um, I'm still, I can shoot whatever I want, and I'm still shooting that Canon R5. Right. I'm more than happy. It it will roll with anything out there. And then some. (laughs) You know, who's behind it's a lot more important at this point. Exactly. Yeah, I think so. Yeah,
0: yeah I think so. Yeah. Yep. And the technology is fun, but that's, you know, that's something critical for everybody to understand. You're not going to pick it up and get the same thing that, you know, that Jason gets when he goes out and
1: has been there's shooting that magic for that light on. Or,
0: right. And we were giving him a hard time. Let's just talk about this. I want to bring this up. No, no,
1: we don't have to talk about this. I'm sure. We <laughs> so don't. we were giving
0: him a hard time, Joe, when we did that catch up episode. Squirming. And you might have caught it about. Yeah. You know, did you get any of the anything with the Loftus filter? You know, that yeah, dark, yeah. Dark background. I heard that. And then he posts, he's, oh, no, I didn't really have that opportunity. And no, I couldn't do it. And, well, I got some that maybe will come close. So then yesterday he posts that lion picture. And <laughs> yeah. for those of you who are listening, just look back a little bit. You'll know exactly which shot it is. But yeah. that male lion coming down the road. Out of the Shadow.
2: Out of the Shadows. I know. I got to mm-hmm. chuckle when i seen it because I listened to the episode and then I seen the picture. I was like, here you yep.
0: he go. Yeah. And you'll see uh, my comment and there it is. Yep.
2: There's, there's no button on the camera that does that. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah. there's not. There's but some truth to that button. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yep.
1: a, it's a preset I have in my. Yeah, sure. I'm thinking about selling it. I don't know. Custom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Custom three, that's what it is.
1: Right, right. There you go. There you go. Anyways, back to Joe. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So Joe once and and Jason, you know, was touching on it a little bit earlier. We asked you the first time you were on what your favorite ever outdoor experience is. And now that you've had the opportunity to get out and kinda in some of these different areas. Some of them are the same areas that you've already been accustomed to covering. Has that changed?
2: I still love my wood ducks. Yeah. I I just do. I know it seems simple, just a little duck or whatever. Um, I mean, you always get the excitement of going someplace new and shooting something you haven't shot and all. And that's, that's awesome that it's like that. Mm-hmm. um but i'm certainly not tired of it that that's that's definitely way up there that the experience with that elk that was that, that was a unique opportunity to witness we know animal you know gore other animals and we see different things but to actually see it take place um and how quick it is and say i i I haven't hunted in fifteen years now or whatever, but when you make a lethal shot on something and the animal doesn't know what happened or whatever that's more or less what happened to that cow uh, like I said she wasn't in any pain or anything like that, but it was um it was it was something to witness it was it would definitely be way up there in the things I've witnessed I would say mm-hmm. just a bystander but it it, it was unique to see and how quick you know. Life can change. There's airs, everybody's.
0: Yeah. Yeah. um, Well, there's a lot of people that can relate to that statement over the last couple of years, right? So, oh,
2: yeah. Yeah. Um, This, the Pantanal trip, like I said, it's been in the works for a couple of years. And that's one of the things I really do like about the trips is the clients that are out there and getting to give them that experience and you can see it in their face. Sometimes everything just gets quiet and you like look back at somebody and they're taking it all in. You know what I mean? That is an awesome, you know, or they're they've we just had a cool encounter. Like we had um, three Jaguars at one time. It was the mom and two brothers were going at it, rolling through the sand and the grass and all this. And I was telling me, you know, get up on the sea you know, get the shutter speed up, get all this. And then it, it lasted probably longer than I thought, probably a 10-minute encounter. And then we're sitting back in the boat and looking down. And you see them looking through their camera, you know, in the back. And you see the smile. But they're not – everybody's just being quiet. That is so awesome
3: mm-hmm.
2: to not just get that for yourself, but for me to get other people out there and see that too. that That's – Added another level to it, I guess. A little more depth to it. That's, which is going to be something. I guess I'm going to add more of. Yeah. You know. So. So. Yeah. It's got to
0: be rewarding. My favorite
2: memories might be more to come that I'm not even aware of yet.
0: Oh well, I hope that's true for all of us.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's oh, the yeah. ones
0: that it's the ones we haven't experienced yet.
1: So plans this fall?
2: Uh, well, maybe in a week or so, I'm going to head up and scout some more for elk. I have two workshops for them in Pennsylvania. Um, the night we talked on the phone, some some of your viewers might or might not be aware, but Pennsylvania has some huge elk. Uh, they've been there for a 100 years now. They're originally from the Rocky Mountains, which is the case with the ones in North Carolina as well. But mm-hmm. there is a huge difference in size for whatever reason. Um, of the bulls between the North Carolina and the Pennsylvania ones every year um hunter's harvest one that's in the top five anyway in pennsylvania mm-hmm. i mean there, there's some huge bulls there
1: right. so i have
2: two upcoming workshops for that that i'm looking forward to um then i'll be going down and uh helping Chaz with the one in north carolina where we're doing waterfalls we'll be doing elk and all those things and then i'll have some um some eagle stuff and then back to winter waterfowl stuff starting after Christmas again. Nice. And before that point I think I'm taking another trip even further south for some no. different kitty cats. Um down for the Pumas to do some scouting there.
0: That's Very the one cool. that's the one I'd like to do, but I it's it's going to end up being you know, five groups on the set of cats. And I just, I don't know. I don't feel good about that. Yeah. And while they're hunting.
2: Yeah. Um, this is kind of going to be a scouting trip. I might take two people with me to go or whatever, but I've made some other connections and, uh, putting the research in just like I did with, uh, the Pantanal, and, Mm -hmm. um, I had some questions about it because i i have a I have a hard such a hard time wrapping my head around that you're walking with these cats and that they weren't baited they weren't this they weren't that but um i've been assured of some certain things so i'm gonna go down and see.
0: yeah hmm. yeah you everybody know? that i've talked to that's done it it's it's a crazy experience and yeah. you know my concern was you get that many people around these cats, even if it's, you know, one group at a time and they're hunting, you're going to spoil the hunt. So they're already maybe 20% successful, yeah. maybe even 10, and then you'd knock it down. Yeah. So what are you doing to the cat population? But now seeing everybody that's successful filming them on, on hunts while there's people right there. I,
2: I it, it seems weird, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, it does. Yeah
2: it seems weird. And I, I think, um, after this, I think in the grand scheme of things, I'll probably go at a little bit of an off season when not a lot of people are there anyway, when I do take a group group mm-hmm. for part of yeah. that, exactly what for you're the
0: same to. reason. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But we'll see how yeah. that turns out. And then, um, so that'll be that. And then winter waterfowl. And like I said, ac- actually this week, Chaz and I are having a call. Um, of which ones he wants me to do i think uh lake clark and some other places some places that he's been to to a ton um he's 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 earned that right to back off a little bit and pick and choose what he wants to do
0: oh for sure
2: you know yep. so um it'll be good and and he'll enjoy the time that much more when he is out there knowing mm-hmm. that it's not an everyday thing because it is a lot being away from home like I say yeah, he's done it Twenty five years, thirty years,
1: whatever. You know. Yep. Yeah, well, it sounds so. like you got a full schedule coming up. Um, I and I don't, and I'm not trying to. I think we have a couple more things we want to talk about, but this is probably yeah. a good time to talk about for the folks that might be interested in, you know, booking a trip with you guys with one of you two or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how do folks get that information? What's the best way for them to find that?
2: they probably go right on the shoot the light website. Okay. Um, on any of the social media, they can send me a message if they have questions about something, anything like that, but to actually book it, yeah. Okay. Go shoot the light. He has a girl there in the office full time, um, everything else. But most people, a lot of people will have questions and all, and I'm more than happy if I'm around. If I don't answer you, yeah, I, w- I will. Or you're on my old account that's hacked. If I'm not answering you, right? Insta- right. If if instead of an answer you get a a, a Bitcoin sales, it's not me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's a perfect that's a perfect segue too, Joe. Because yeah, yeah, I, I think we all we, we if you're and if you're willing, I think we definitely want to talk about that a little bit. So. Because yeah. I know a lot of people's accounts have been getting hacked lately and it's been a real problem for quite a few people. And some people have been successful in getting their accounts back and others have not. And, yeah. you know, it's hard because, you know, somebody puts five or six or eight years into trying to build a social media following and, you know, it's boom, it's gone overnight, you know, so. Right.
2: Right. Um, yeah. Um, my, my Instagram account, if you're not familiar was hacked my main one and it was right up at 28,000 followers um and that all not that I ever really went overboard to try to grow it just happened organically you know right trying to help people out I, I would put up a post every day but I didn't go crazy you know or buy likes or anything or buy people or anything like that just got to that point and um Yeah, it's um, it's a weird circumstance. Um, I was doing a workshop I'm still not exactly sure how they got in. Um, but it was in that period of that six weeks right at the very beginning where mm-hmm. I wasn't home and that just added to it. Um, I left the pony workshop that I was doing. And it's three-hour drive back home, and by the my account was fine. I'd put something on there right when I'd left and headed up the road, and by the time I got home, um, the account had been hacked. I kind of tried to get back on with Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. One thing I can tell you guys, for, especially for wildlife, I kind of made the mistake. They have a verification where you can one of the ways you can get back in is taking a video selfie of yourself. It'll let you try to do that. It's all done by computers. You're not, you can't talk to anybody at Instagram or Facebook, okay? Uh, A lot of wildlife guys, we don't put air ugly mugs in our pictures. You know, we're putting the wildlife up there. Well, when you go to do that selfie, apparently that thing only goes back and looks so far. And if it can't Mm -hmm. find some pictures of you that are current, it doesn't have something to do the fake or... face the facial facial recognition off of right. um, you know I'm getting that so you do every now and then you do want to put your mug up on there I can tell you that um, just for that purpose it's it's frustrating as heck that you can't talk to a live person right and try to get through it um, yeah I've talked to the hacker but I can't talk to anybody from Instagram or Facebook. How do you like that? Wow.
1: You know? And, and so he's, are they holding your account ransom basically? Yeah. Wanting money? Is that what the yeah. bottom line exactly. is? Yeah,
2: right? exactly. Exactly. Right. Um, started out, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes back and doesn't watch this. Because even now he's taking the pictures I post on the new account I started, putting them on uh, my old account. Because I told no. him the value is going down each day that I'm away from it the value to me and he thinks he's doing me a favor he's keeping it current such a nice guy you know oh my gosh. but if i you know where we started off i don't want to give him three grand or whatever i wasn't getting my account back or this or that you know what reason do you have to trust somebody you know right. and um it's disheartening i mean on my phone i've got man i can't tell, there's well over 100 messages now between him and i
1: uh, that's incredible
2: and I have not uh I've tried to keep it together talking to them because what el- what else are you gonna do you know
1: right right you know yeah, I there's just, nothing you know. can do really I mean and there's nobody to reach out to I mean this can't be legal, I guess, but it's like there's really no legal recourse to take you know it's all to do with Instagram and like you said, when you can't get a hold of anybody, there's no support team there I don't know yeah it's that's there- odd.
2: There's no support team. And one of the things um, that really gets me, I know firsthand to somebody who's um, well known and backed by a big company that does advertise on Facebook. Okay. Mm -hmm. They got their account hacked. Well, because the company that they're represented by had a connection with Facebook and can put some pressure on magically Facebook could go back in and get their account back because they were right. going to lose some of their revenue. But for <laughs> us everyday guys that are out there, we don't have that uh that inside, you know? Yep. So Exactly. We're kind of putting air hard work out there for it and I think they could do a better job of trying to help us out.
1: Yeah. There's agreed. there's
2: got to be something, you know? Yep. Um It's disheartening. We, we've came down the money and still trying to work it out. We'll go through three or four days of not talking. Then him and I are back and forth. I, if I get it back, I get it back. But, uh, and at this point it bothered me a lot at first. It really did because, uh, you kind of build that little community and you have people that you contact and talk, you know, with and all this and look forward to it. But, um, in the end game, you know, the sun's still gonna rise. Another day goes on. Um, it did kind of hurt uh, because you have reels in there, and I don't. Um, I I don't put up um, a marketplace to sell my pictures, but every month I would sell three. At least three, if not maybe five at the most, like around Christmas time or something, that were pretty decent sales. People that would contact me or whatever, and that's how they contacted me. So you do make some money through it. There was money sitting in there right now from reels that had paid. You can't get into them to to draw the funds from.
1: Right. That they've
2: probably got to that now, too.
1: Yeah, well, they've got to that, and then they've also – hopefully they don't get some of those – requests and then take advantage of those people too you know what i mean well, that's just
2: there's no doubt that i'm sure they've tried because people have sent me messages they and it's all for bitcoin stuff and that's what they're trying to get you to pay the ransom in right. um all these different things but um huh.
1: crazy I, I don't
2: i don't know the answer for it it's a sad situation so,
1: go ahead though no, sorry so Question for you. Do you feel like you had like a real solid password? Do you feel like, you know, I mean, I don't know, I just not to call you out or anything, but I'm just wondering, like, um, what precautions folks can take, right? I mean, you said the, the photo thing. That's a great tip. I've never heard that before.
2: Yeah, Um that, but, you that know, facial it, recognition only goes back so far. Um right. Definitely do the two step verification. Right. I had it on all of my other accounts, but the Instagram.
1: Mm, good, good good tip. So,
2: good tip. apparently they went in and said that they had lost the password, changed the email. Here I am traveling, so unless right. you're checking your email all the time, they send an email, hey, you changed your password, they give it out and let them reset your password. Right. And then it's gone. Um, gotcha. Talking to some different people that are dealing with it, and they're like, hey, w- once you get, Above like 10,000 um, followers, you're, you're just a prime target, you know, right. They're going right. for it and they're going to go through and, you know, if they try every single person that you have and for every hundred or hundred and fifty, they get a hundred bucks from them from trying to sell them Bitcoin or this or that or whatever, scamming them. You yep. th- these people are putting all their effort into that, you know, something illegal right. like that, you know, um,
1: Yep. it's too bad.
2: it's nuts but um definitely have your picture on there um that two-step verification um and one of the things that was weird um it sounds a little over the top but i had my ipad on that trip and it Mm -hmm. goes it closes it only stays open i guess for five minutes or whatever and it closes that -hmm. particular morning that this happened i walked back in the hotel room i just got off the phone with has this is when i was going up he was headed home there was a lot going on and i walked into the hotel room and my ipad was laying there and it was open and it wasn't mm-hmm. locked and i and that hit me as being weird like the thing only stays five minutes because i it's a pain in the butt because it constantly kicks back um and then i talked to someone who is in law enforcement and he says you know he wouldn't look for it around in like a hotel in this country, he said, but if you're in a different place of the world, he said, or in um, a touristy area,
3: right, he said, right. don't be
2: surprised if there's people that are working in these hotels and they're looking for those opportunities and they sell that information to other people. He says, you Absolutely. can't rule anything out. That sounds a little yeah. crazy, but. No, in this day no, and it's age, just the man, reality,
1: right? It's the reality of the day we live in. Absolutely. So, yeah yeah well that's that's a couple good tips there yeah yeah well i hope you do joe and just because it's the right thing but um like you said i'm sure you've come to terms with maybe not getting it back and you just keep building the one you've got and you know at the end of the day you can keep building that and the um you know hopefully those sales will come back to you and you know you've got the the connection with chaz and the the tour groups and stuff now which is you know real beneficial too so you know, hopefully you do get it back, but those are a couple of great tips. I love that. Just to reiterate, put, those, put your photo on your page every now and then, a f- picture of yep. you, either doing photos or whatever, just a, a self portrait, yep. and then make sure you're doing that two step verification for sure. So. Yeah.
2: But uh, while we're on that note, what do you guys, I don't know if you want to go there. I should have asked you. What's
1: that? What do you think oh, about man. the
2: other uh, Vero?
1: Yeah, so I don't know, uh, Vero is, seems to be a, you know, I was I think I joined it when it first came out back in 2018 right around yeah. there. Um posted three or four photos and then it just kind of, you know, died on the vine and I was doing fine with Instagram and whatever and so right. I never really paid attention and you know, then it kind of popped up again cuz I think enough photographers are getting tired of the lack of uh love from Instagram if you will and those photos not really showing up in the feeds and how hard Instagram's driving the reels and the you know that content and so you know I figured what the heck I've seen quite a few folks jump not jumping but also opening up and pushing their Vero accounts again so I decided I'm going to do the same thing I think it's smart for any of us that are trying to do this and are trying to use social media to you know, as a business tool and to continue to drive and share our images and, you know, get in front of editors and other opportunities, it, I think it's crazy to, to not look at other opportunities. Sure. So that's, that's the, the approach I'm taking. And I've seen quite a few folks going over there and doing the same thing. So hopefully we can build a community over there that appreciates and wants, you know, wants to see photos and not necessarily the videos all the time. And, you know, yeah. we can make that something.
2: So, yeah, I noticed Ron jumped on there. I seen he posted
1: something today. Yeah, Ron's Ron's on there. He posted something today. Um, I think we kind of we haven't lost Ron, but I don't think he can see you right now, Joe. Just Uh, so just so you are aware. But um, yeah, Ron jumped on there. I think you know. I think uh, Mark is on there. I think yeah. I think Drew's on there. I think quite a few folks are you know starting to to do that. I've seen quite a few of the folks that I associate with starting to you Know create their accounts and go that way,
2: yeah. It's kind of refreshing. I mean, I think the pictures actually look better on there. And from what I right. understand now, there's a, a desktop version and you can go 3,000 pixels wide and it doesn't even do any compression. Oh, so, wow. I mean, that's cool. For yeah. I haven't tra- checked that out yet, but that is what I read. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know, something yeah. interesting, you know. I, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I just, I kind of liked that it. it was kind of refreshing and not having, I guess maybe I'm getting ready for an election season too. I feel there's no political <laughs> crap over there. So it's an escape, <laughs> you right, know what I mean? Right.
1: You're right, right. It's a and healthier that's another environment. Reason, <laughs> I, I would agree with you. And that's a reason I try to avoid Facebook as much, you know, just because I got tired of all the political stuff and all the other stuff that I didn't care to see. But, yeah. you know, food for thought is Facebook may not be a bad place to put some emphasis to, because I've seen some folks that. Their accounts on Facebook have been grown dramatically and not necessarily from just, you know, the, the reels or the videos, but from their photography stuff as well. So, you know, it's, it's always one of those things where we've just got to be aware of all the changes and the things that are going on. And unfortunately, if you want to be relevant, you've got to learn to play the game and to, you know, play by the rules from these companies, you know, it's their private companies and they can, they call the shots. And if we want to play, you know, we're not paying. So exactly. if we want to play, you've got to play by their rules and that's just the way it is, right? As much as it stinks for some of us, you know, it just it is what it is. I'm never going to be a TikTok or a real guy. Just I'm not, I'm just not who I am. So you're not going to be on their break dancing
2: and shooting your <laughs> camera, holding upside down.
1: Right. Right. No, that's, that's probably not going to be, and that's probably good for everybody. Let's be honest. So
2: <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I was just curious what your guys take on it. Cause there definitely is a lot of people going
1: and checking it out now and, yeah, like
2: I said the pictures definitely look better there.
1: But they do. That's a good we'll point. See what yeah. Happens. Yeah. Well, Joe, it sure has been good to catch up with you. Yeah. Um we sure do appreciate you, man. You're we appreciate your support and appreciate your friendship and we're really happy to see that you're doing so well and it's fun to see somebody that takes the leap and you know, it's working out for you and uh you're having such a good time doing it and yeah, so, you know, congratulations on that end, and we really do appreciate you, and hopefully we can have you back on again sometime here soon.
2: Yeah, I, I definitely appreciate that. I mean, I'm, like I said, flattered to be asked on all the way around. I've been very blessed with a lot of things. Um, right. And hopefully we'll get to cross paths. I know you, as soon as I put up, yeah, you're, I'm going out for the elk, you say, you going this way or that yeah, right. way or whatever? <laughs> Sooner or later, we're all going to cross paths and get the shoot together. I'm looking forward to that when it happens.
1: Yeah. Well, we just need to make it happen. You know, there yeah. there's enough of us that just enjoy getting together and doing that like Ron said earlier, you know, and challenging each other and just getting to know each other better and, you know, the circle this circle is a pretty tight circle and, you know, it's fun Absolutely. to 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 just get to know each other better and spend time together in the field. So So yeah, awesome. thank you again, my friend. We appreciate you.
0: Thanks for your time, you guys Joe. Have a great fall. I'm sorry I uh I didn't check but, uh, out I didn't check out, but I lost your audio feed. Um, So Jason had to kind of carry us for that last little bit, but we do greatly appreciate your time, especially given as busy as you've been uh, lately. And it's great to, it's great to have you back on. And I look forward to seeing the locations you're going to get to here in the near future as well.
2: I appreciate it guys I hope you have a great and safe fall
1: thanks Joe and thanks to you for listening to another episode of the Wild and Exposed podcast you've been listening to the Wild and Exposed podcast if you haven't yet please give us a rating and a review and make
0: sure you're subscribed so that you'll get every episode we produce as soon as we drop it and as always thanks for tuning in
1: we're gonna make it someday nothing's gonna get in our way we will be the biggest band in
0: time Go.